see that God has given you? I know you you really touched on it some, but do you see a, a bigger vision down the road? Well, primarily what I've always felt in ministry is people's your primary focus. It's an old cliche, but I believe it's true. It's about loving God and loving each other. And Jesus said that himself. The two greatest commandments was love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Some people make light of that. They, they say it, it takes more than just loving God and loving others. I understand their argument. The basic foundation is, can't be more simpler than that. We make it more difficult than that, but at the very foundation of our faith, it is about loving God and loving each other. Now, we may choose to do that in different ways, and I think God gives us minds to be creative, creative ways of reaching people and trying to do different things to create an interest that, that would cause people to want to listen to us. But basically it comes down to no matter how we do it, it's about loving God and loving each other. And I, I think that's what God gave us. And until he changes our minds or tells us something different, which I don't think he will because he said he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, uh, we need to just do that. So that's, that's what I've always tried to do. I know you've talked about how you and your wife have talked. How does she feel about your commitment to the ministry or this particular ministry? Well, we had a lot, a lot of talks and discussions and prayers about, you know, making a move. I left a very established church, and, a, and I didn't have to leave where I was. I, if things were going well, or I felt like they were, I was comfortable financially. And by leaving where I was serving previously, I knew it meant taking a drastic cut in pay. At the time, Wendy was not working. She's a stay-at-home mom with her three-year-old. We would either have to sell our house and relocate, or she would have to go back to work. And since Oak Point is set up the way it is, a meeting in a school, uh, my office is basically my home. So in some ways, it worked out fine for me to stay at home, work here at home, keep an eye on Olivia, our three-year-old. Basically, Wendy and I swapped roles. She went to work, and I came home. I'm still working. I just don't have the salary to show for it. That's interesting in itself because, and I don't have time on the, in this interview, but in the previous 20 years of service, I think God has given us resources and, and allowed us to be in places to where we could make this move at this point in time where we didn't have to be, we're concerned, as I guess you could say, or we're, we think about or try to be conscientious of finances, but it was not something that was going to cause us not to be able to make this move financially. We were able to do this move based on what God had given us years ago. We're not independently wealthy, and we're not at a retirement status at this point, but it was not a crisis to have to do that. So Wendy's biggest concern was, I think, making sure that the finances were there, but having, I guess, understood that we were going to be okay there, she was okay with going back to work and, and fully supportive of what I'm doing, and she has become involved with our as our volunteer coordinator at Oak Point, uh, so she's very involved with the church as well. So to make a long story short, I guess, or a, or a short story long, she's very committed to what I do, and I'm glad to have a wife that does that. How would you describe a successful ministry? I guess uh, what I would consider successful would, is being obedient to what God's called you to do. A lot of people nowadays, even in the church planning circles, are really no different than what we would term traditional churches nowadays. You go to a lot of seminars or conferences and you listen to bragging numbers and what one church is doing over another church. And 
you know, having been around this for six or eight months now in the church planning, it's really no different with that attitude in a lot of circles as it is in the traditional church because uh, everybody wants to see what the the 10,000 member church is doing and the 5,000 member church is doing. But, you know, most church plants are not that size. Uh, Most church plants are 100 members or less or just slightly over 100, generally speaking. And if you looked at success based on numbers or, or how well you're doing based on what everybody's comparing you to, uh, I think it's uh, really not a good way of looking at it because I think success can be done and you can become successful without having God even involved in the process. I can be a successful banker. I can be a successful businessman. I can be successful at about anything I want to do if I work hard enough, make the right contacts, and c- compared to the world, make a lot of money, be well-connected, be well-known. In the world's eyes, that's success. But God hasn't called us to be successful. He's called us to be obedient. And uh, I'm reading or have just read a book about uh, raising kids for true greatness uh, by Tim Kimmel. And he says in his book, if we plan to be successful or if we plan for our children to be successful, we've made the bar far too low. God didn't call them to be successful. He called them to be great. Mm -hmm. And Jesus even said that with his disciples. He said, you will do far greater things than these. And he was talking about what he had just done. And they were questioning, how can they be greater than him? Well, he was wanting them to be great. He didn't want them to be successful. He wanted them to be great. Mm -hmm. Success is a worldly comparison. Greatness is a godly characteristic. And uh, I think to be successful, you've got to be obedient to what God's called you to do. And if that means you're a planner, if that means you're uh, someone who plows the soil, if you're someone who waters the soil, or you're someone who gets to harvest the crops. If you're obedient, whichever role you're in, you're successful. If we go by the world's standards, somebody who waters the crops or plows the ground or plants the seed would not be considered successful because they don't see anything for their efforts until later on. In fact, they may die before the crop ever comes in. The people who get the harvest are usually the ones that look, are looked at as successful. Well, they're no more successful than the guy that that prepared the soil to begin with because without that preparation, he wouldn't have a harvest to gather. So it's a matter of being obedient to where God's placed us, wherever that is. I think if we do that, we can say we're, we're successful.